Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Let me be one of the first to wish you a happy New Year's. We're recording this on New Year's Eve, January, December 31st, 2020, last day of uh, the, the beautiful 2020. So I wanted to jump on here, last podcast of the year. And this has been a year that for me personally, and, and I thought I had done almost everything that you could do when it comes to real estate investing and uh, wholesaling and, and all of that. But I was lucky enough to have a lot of opportunities that really focused around wholesaling real estate acquisitions, right? And so I thought what more appropriate topic to, to cap the year off than that topic specifically. I had the opportunity to be a part of the Closers Olympics, I had the opportunity to do the 50-50-50 the challenge, uh, which mainly focused around wholesale real estate acquisitions. And so just kind of wanted to come on here and, and talk about some of my observations about the topic uh, from throughout the year, some of the things that I've seen from people, the feedback that they've given me and just touch base on the topic. I am broadcasting this live on my YouTube channel. So if you're listening on the podcast on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that. I apologize. Um, this is live on YouTube right now. And I wanted to do that. So if you have any questions, just drop it in the chat box there and, and hopefully I'll be able to answer it for you. So a couple of things that I've noticed in regards to, to acquisition specifically is that there is this underlying fear of no, of getting the answer no from the motivated seller. And the analogy that I wanted to use in, in regards to this is we have to put ourselves in the position of we are the buyer and we hold the majority of the leverage, okay? And so what I mean by that is, is the analogy that I wanna use is say you're, you're walking into a store, okay? And you're going into the store to buy a specific product, whatever that product is, um, I think the, the analogy that I've used in the past is say we're going in the store to buy toothpaste. So, okay, we've walked into Walmart, we're going to buy toothpaste. At that point in time, you already have a general idea of how much you're willing to spend on that, right? You know what you're going in there to, to buy, you know what you're willing to spend on it. And when you walk in, you're then going to pick and choose what you want. This should be no different than when we're talking about wholesaling real estate, okay? I, I have people reach out to me and they say, hey, RJ, I've got this potential great deal, okay? What does it look like? And then they tell me it's a million-dollar deal and the sellers want to sell on a discount. Well, is that really what we walked into the store to get? Do we really want to be the wholesaler that's trying to wholesale million-dollar properties? Probably not. We can pick and choose what we want off of the shelves, right? And so 
I kind of want to shift your mindset there a little bit to the fact that we are the buyer. We hold the leverage. If it's not the property we want, if we're not getting the price that we want, that's okay. Because there is going to be a property that's on the shelves that we're okay. That's the one that we want. And that's the one that we're going to grab. It's okay to be told no by the seller. Actually, that's moving you one no closer to getting the yes that you want. One of the biggest mistakes that you can make as a wholesaler is going under contract on a property, either A, too high or a specific type of property that you can't move. Because first and foremost, it's not beneficial for you or the seller. You're actually going to hurt the seller, right? You're wasting your time. You're wasting your energy. And for a lot of newer wholesalers or wholesalers that are just getting started, time and energy is quite possibly your greatest resource that you have. Don't waste your time trying to move a property that you don't know that you can move. Specifically, go out and grab the ones off the shelves that you know you can move. Hopefully that makes sense. This is the first individual podcast that I'm doing here where I don't have my notes written down. I, I literally just want to come on here and spitball with you guys and share some of the, I guess, the, the pressing topics that I felt about wholesale acquisitions. Because I see this over and over and over again. These opportunities that I was presented in 2020 opened me up to people that otherwise didn't know who I was. In return, they decided they want, hey, I've got a deal in this random location. Let's reach out to that guy that did the 50 deals in 50 states. And they bring me these deals. And then I realized it was not actually a deal. Why are you trying to pull that off the shelf? Because it's an opportunity. Is it though? Or is it more of a liability of your time and energy? Think about that for a little bit. The next time a lead comes your direction. Again, I want to reiterate, I see we have quite a few people on here watching. Ask me any questions that you have. I see on here, Fogtown King says, what does wholesaling look like in 2021? I think there's going to be a massive opportunity. I touched base on this on last week's podcast episode. If you didn't catch it out, go back. Uh, it was called Merry Christmas, You Filthy Animals. And I, I really touch base on the fact that I think there's going to be this massive opportunity that comes our way as real estate investors. It's kind of unknown. We know that there's a lot of forbearances. And we know that there's a possibility of a lot of people facing foreclosure in 2021. We don't really know what's going to happen with COVID and, and how the mortgage companies are going to react to that. But I still think that there's going to be a massive opportunity in front of us. And my question last week to you was, are you prepared for that opportunity? Have you sharpened your ax and prepared yourself for the opportunity that's going to come our way? Alberto says, I only have a couple of hours to cold call per day due to my full-time job. What market would be a bit easier to hit instead of Florida? My market is so saturated and cannot find motivated sellers. I think this is one of the biggest questions that people like you where you have a full-time job right and you only have a couple of hours first and foremost i, I want to go ahead and, and get rid of a myth there okay 
your market is not too saturated. Okay, because there's people in your market, guaranteed. I don't know what market you're in. You say you're in Florida, but I know people in Tampa. I know people in Miami. I know people in Jacksonville. I know people in Orlando. I know people in Pensacola. That's quite a few markets in Florida just off the top of my head that I know are absolutely crushing it in those markets in Florida. So what you have to realize is, is that there's a disconnect there between your marketing efforts and finding the right motivated sellers, right? Maybe your, your list that you're pulling are too broad. Maybe because you're limited on time. Okay, so you're in Tampa. I know quite a few people in Tampa that are, are very successful. Yes, is it competitive? Absolutely. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's too saturated of a market and there's too many other people. What that means is, is maybe those other people in the Tampa market are just doing a better job than you are, right? They're finding a better way to reach out to them. If cold calling isn't working for you, try something else. Try direct mail, try texting, but pick one and become an expert at that form of marketing. But I think for me, if, I, if I'm just looking from the outside in, I would say the first thing that you need to really focus on is what niche list you're going after. If you're limited on time, then you need to spend, it's kind of going back to Abraham Lincoln, what he said, right? And I don't remember the specifics he said in this, uh, but it was something along the lines of, I would spend the vast majority of my time sharpening my axe if I was going to cut down the tree, right? That's where I think you need to be is spending the vast majority of your time finding the right list, finding the people that have five, six, seven, eight motivating factors to sell their house in comparison to the broad absentee owner, the tax delinquent or the pre foreclosures, the low hanging fruit that everybody in Tampa is going to be hitting, right? Uh, Dave Day is someone I would recommend you go follow. Dave Day is an expert at finding the most niche motivated sellers, and he's going to become an expert at solving their problems. And, I, you know, I think he shared with Steve Trang one time on his podcast uh, about how his ringless voicemail had like a 75% response rate. Don't hold me to that number, but it was an astronomical number in, in comparison to most ringless voicemails. And it was because his, his list was just so targeted and he knew they needed to sell their house. And then he left them with the cliffhanger voicemail, which was, hey, I was talking to so-and-so the other day about the property at, and then he would just hang up, forcing them out of curiosity to call him back. Fogtown says, how do you find the biggest buyers and flippers in a market? I forgot we're live. We, we can show the questions on there. Uh, Fogtown, first and foremost, uh, the most major cities have a Facebook group. You know, here in DFW, we have DFW Real Estate Investment Group. I think it has like 35, 40,000 people in there. That's a great resource. Uh, most major cities have it. Another way that you can do it is utilize batch leads or PropStream or Propelio to go pull the cash buyers list. You could cold call them. You can send them SMS texts. There's a lot of different ways that you can find cash buyers that way. 
I mean, you're literally pulling the list of cash buyers, right? Uh, now you're going to run into the people that just bought a house cash. They're not a real estate investor, but you are going to find real estate investors that way. And that's the number one way that we locate cash buyers when we go into a new market to dispo a wholesale property is that we're going to go buy it, pull that cash buyers list, skip trace it, and then SMS and then cold call them. Matt Berry says, do you know how to make offers on mobile homes to wholesale and how to find buyers for them? No, mobile homes is not something that, that we really have ever jumped into heavily. Um, and again, this goes back to my original point when we're talking about uh, acquisitions, right? This could be a great niche for you. It might not be the right niche for me, right? Mobile homes is probably not something that I'm going to jump into anytime soon because we're so heavily inundated with where we are with single family, okay? But if you become an expert in it and, and that's the path that you want to go down, then do that. But again, remember, your time and energy is your greatest resource that you have right now, and you can't ever get that back. So if you just have an individual lead on a mobile home and you're not wanting to say no to it, this is what I'm talking about with that. You're, you're picking the wrong toothpaste off the shelf right now. Just walk away from that one and go find a deal that you know you can move. You know how to analyze it. I'm not going to sit here and say, do I know how to make offers on that? I know that there's a lot of little tiny idiosyncrasies that come with mobile homes, making sure the VIN number is correct and I've talked to Corey Thompson about this a lot. You know, he, he was big in the mobile home parts there for a while. And we actually were looking at one in, in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I ended up just walking away from it because I realized I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not prepared to do this. Why am I going to go down this path when I know I could go find a single family home right now? I know what my buyers want. I know how to analyze that. I know how to make the offers. It's better for me to take all that time and energy that I was going to take trying to figure out mobile homes to go focus on what I'm already good at. So if you want to make that your niche, then go all in on it. But really keep your time and energy close to you and cherish it, okay? Uh, Albert says, that was the best answer I needed to hear that. Thank you for everything that you, hey man, I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm glad you responded that way because there, there was a part of me that was like, hey, man, that might be a little bit of a harsh answer. But some, I have to tell myself that. I have to tell my whole team that. Guys, we're, we're just not good right now. That's why I had the episode a couple weeks ago. I said, let me tell you why you suck. Because I, I have to tell myself that. Hey, the, the issue that we're having right now is that we're just not good at something that we're doing. Let's get better at it, you know? I mean, when it comes to acquisitions, there was a point in time where we were lacking on it. I didn't know how to do direct to, to seller marketing. I didn't know what I was doing. We, for a long time, we were buying deals off the MLS and then wholesaling it to, to cash buyers that were out of state. And then eventually we, we, that, that fruit dried up. We couldn't go down that path anymore. And so we had to start doing direct to seller marketing. And the first thing that we did was direct mail. And I, I learned something, direct mail is costly. 
It also takes a lot of manpower. You drop 5,000 letters, guess what? Your phones are going to blow up. They're going to melt in your hand because so many people are going to be calling you. And we weren't necessarily prepared for it. And then we found success with Facebook ads. But then Facebook decided, hey, we're going to change how ads are and we're going to get rid of a lot of our demographics and make it a lot harder to really reach those motivated sellers that we were getting. So then we had to change. Now things like ringless voicemails was a hot commodity there for a while. I think that was back in like 2018. Everybody was jumping on the ringless voicemail bandwagon. Now it seems like in 2019 and 2020, especially everybody's jumped on the SMS text campaigns. You've got batch leads coming out with launch control, Sherpa, Smarter Contact. There's so many different companies out there that are, are telling you, go do SMS. So everybody's jumped on that. But what happened? The phone carrier said, whoa, real estate industry, there's an issue here. We got to we got to slow this down. There's a lot of spamming going on. So they they added the opt out messages. They started suppressing our texts that are going out. If we use certain words, that's OK. That's a good thing because that means a lot of people are just going to give up on it. OK. If you just stay focused and become the best at it, eventually there's gonna everybody else is gonna go on to the next fad. Just like there's a lot of people that never jumped off the direct mail bandwagon, never went to ringless voicemails, never went to SMS, and they stayed laser focused on being the best at direct mail. And they're killing it over and over and over again. There was a point in time during the podcast where I had like a string of guests that were just absolutely crushing it. I mean, we're talking about like hundreds of deals a year. And I kept asking, what's your, what's your top marketing channel? And over and over again, it was direct mail, direct mail, direct mail. Why? Because they were consistent with it. They stayed laser focused and then became the best at it. They built out their systems and processes for that. And they didn't sit here and say, hey, look, there's a new fad coming out. Everybody's talking about it on social media. And now, Lord have mercy, we have another social media outlet, Clubhouse, right? Everybody wants to be on Clubhouse. And what do I see? It's funny. I don't have an iPhone, so I'm not on Clubhouse. I'm, I'm still Android over here, and I love my Android. But we see a lot of people on other social media outlets, Instagram, Facebook talking about, hey, follow me on Clubhouse. I spent six hours in Clubhouse the other day. Guess what? What are they talking about? Those fads that I'm talking about. Everybody's doing it. This is how you do it. Same thing that we're doing right here. This is YouTube. This is another channel for me to talk about what I'm doing. What I want to press on you guys is find what you're going to be the best at. And stay laser focused on it when it comes to marketing. So another thing when it comes to acquisitions, and again, guys, I want to, I want to just, I see that we have about you know 18 people watching live right now. If you have any questions, specific questions, I'm here to serve you. Ask away, I will answer them to the best of my abilities. Okay. Another thing that I, I kind of thought about when I was thinking about what could I talk about when it comes to, to acquisitions is when, and you're going to see a consistent theme here, 
But people talk about, and, and I'm going to pick on you, Alberto, for, for a little bit, in that you're talking about you're in the Tampa market, right? Have you tried to expand a little bit outside of Tampa? Have you tried to go to the tertiary markets right outside of there? Have you even decided to just, what does it hurt? And I know resources, money can be tight at times. And it's costly to go pull lists and then get it skip trace and then do the marketing to it. But if you just decided, I mean, I do this all the time. I fall in love with it after the 50 day challenge, which was, hey, I'm going to go try Little Rock, Arkansas. And we're going to try this niche list there just to see. There's nothing that's holding you back from trying a different market except for yourself. If you go get a good deal, if your fear of not trying out another market is because you don't know if you're going to be able to dispo the property, there is always someone in that market to JV with if you buy correctly. You can always move the property yourself by utilizing the tools available to you. If you could pull a list, if you're using PropStream or Batch Leads or List Source, you can pull a cash buyers list and do the exact same form of marketing to dispo the property. Don't allow your market to hold you back. Because again, this going back to the analogy of walking into the store, you're literally saying, I can only buy from this portion of the shelf. No, you can buy from anywhere in the store. It's yours, it's your choice. Let's see what's going on here. Alberto says, you were thinking about trying Indianapolis next. Exactly. I didn't know anything about the Indianapolis market. When we did the 50 day challenge there, we got multiple deals in Indianapolis. We started in Gary, Indiana, and then we went down to Indianapolis because it was a little bit slower. But I think that day that we were in Indianapolis, we ended up getting six deals from our marketing. And I had to actually shut it down because my fear was, I don't know if we're going to be able to dispo deals in Indiana. We've never done it before. And we're getting so many. What if I'm buying incorrectly? What if you have to buy deeper there? So I actually shut it down. That was one of the few days that I actually shut down the live I think after five hours, because we were getting so many deals. I probably should have utilized that time to go after Utah, which was the one state we didn't get a deal. But point being, there's opportunities all around you. And there's players. If you're not going to be able to dispo in Indianapolis, or even if you don't want to take your time off of acquisitions to do dispositions, just JV with somebody there. Split the deal 50-50, find somebody and let them go do it for you. It's a beautiful thing. It's what I love about this business. There's nothing that's holding you back except for your own fears. And a lot of times we just don't allow ourselves to capitalize on the opportunities that are in front of us. Don't let you, don't let that happen to you. Okay. A couple other things. I, you know, when I was thinking about doing this, this video and, and what I wanted to talk about, I, Y'all are going to laugh at me, but I, I'm sitting here and I'm like, I got to find a good picture to make the thumbnail, right? And I keep doing all these videos and just myself, and I'm like, man, I'm having a hard time finding that many good pictures of myself. 
And uh, I see some, a picture of, of my kids. And those of you that don't know, I have an eight-year-old son, Trinity, and a three-year-old daughter, Serenity. And I, I talk about them all the time because I learned so much from them. But I saw in the pictures, there was a couple of things. There were funny moments. They were pictures that I had taken of the kids during moments of, I can't believe they're doing this right now. And the reason why I took the pictures and what I'm saying by I can't believe they're doing this right now is because they literally were doing things that just that's what they wanted. They went out and they just got what they wanted. There's a picture of Serenity. She's wearing these uh, ear muffins and and she's cute as a button. And, and when I surprised her, I said, Serenity, what are you doing? And she was on the bed. She was doing something. She had the ear muffins on and she turns around. She has this look on her face like. And I snapped the picture and it, it cracks me up. But the funny thing about it is, is as a kid, they don't really ever worry about the repercussions of just taking what they want. At some point in time, and, and we hear this all the time as, as adults, we, we become jaded to things, right? We start understanding the repercussions of just doing things. But as, as business owners, if sometimes we just take that childlike spirit and just go out there and take what we want. I, I hear people talk about, you know, everybody's making goals for 2021 and what they want to do, right? And it's like a, a limiting self-belief. I should take a small stair step from where I was this year because that's the natural organic growth. And I believe in that, right? You don't want to grow too fast. You don't want to try to scale your company too crazy, but there is a limiting self-belief to a certain degree where you don't think you can take massive steps. You don't think that you can go wholesale in Indianapolis, Indiana, living in Tampa. Instead of just doing it, I don't I don't put those limiting self-beliefs on myself. If, if that were me, I would have already pulled the list in Indiana. I would have already texted. I wouldn't have even been thinking about it anymore. When I think about going to a new market, it's about 25 seconds of thinking. As soon as I've said, that's a good market, that's where we're going to go, we're in it. We're doing it right now. Because the worst thing that can happen is, is we don't get a deal. Okay. That didn't hurt us. That happens all the time. Or what happens if you get a deal? Okay, go join the Indianapolis Real Estate Investment Group. There's like 12,000 people in there. See what mutual friends you have and say, hey, I got a deal. Can you dispo this for me? Can you look at it? Did I buy correctly? There you go. Boom. That childlike spirit of this is what I want to do. The opportunities are endless for us. Nothing is stopping us from this. Nothing. Bogtown says, have you, have you gone into commercial real estate wholesaling? You know, we, we have, we've done a couple of commercial lots, uh, but we did that um, through JV. And then also uh, we, we did some multifamily and it, uh, 
It was a distraction. It hurt us. Were they opportunities to make big money? Sure. Were we prepared for it? Did we know what we were doing? No. I, I think it was a mistake for us. Looking back at it, I, you know, I've talked about this before, but in 2019, um, there was opportunities for us to wholesale portfolios, commercial deals. Um, and looking back at it, that's what really set us back because we lost our way when it came to, um, yeah, we're good. Uh, when we, what we were doing was single family and it, looking back at it, it was probably one of the biggest mistakes we've made as an entrepreneur. Now, I just got done saying, have that childlike spirit and, and don't walk away from opportunities, right? The problem with that was, is I tried to do too much of it and went way too far all in and then forgot about what had gotten me to that point, what gave me those opportunities. We, we weren't consistent with our single family real estate marketing anymore. I wasn't paying attention to anything else except for these big dollar signs that we can make with the portfolios and these commercial deals. And it cost us. So hopefully you find the, the happy medium between those, those two topics that I'm talking about there, which is have the childlike, you know, desire to go out and seize the opportunity and also avoid having the, I'm going to go all in on this new idea, this new opportunity with lack of knowledge, lack of resources. And I'm forget, I'm going to forget about what got me to this point. Don't do that to yourself because I mean, quite frankly, it, it really hurt us. And, and that, like I've said before on here time and time again, that was my decision and that was my fault. And as the, the CEO, the visionary of Titanium, I take ownership for that. I have to apologize to my partners for doing that. That's our responsibility to make those decisions and those choices. Paul asks, do you recommend sending the seller the agreement or walking them through it virtually? I think the answer is both. Um, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to do it because I think that's where when you're actually in the moment of the acquisitions communication, right? Say you're on the phone. You almost have to lean on your intuition to see the kind of person they are, right? So for example, some sellers want to receive the agreement they may want to show it to someone that they respect, uh, look it over, analyze it, sleep on it. You don't want to push them so hard that you feel like you're you're trying to talk them into something, right? And, and what I really mean by that is, is this is with the, the older people, right? The elderly generation. They really don't like to make fast decisions at times. And they can feel like you're trying to talk them in and sell them on something, maybe pull one over on them. If you're like, hey, let me walk you through this. And then you just sign an initial right here. It can feel very 
sales pitchy, right? Now, the other aspect of that is, is there signs where people are just quite frankly, open and honest about, they don't understand anything that's going on here with real estate. This is not their realm. And they need that handholding and they need to be explained what the inspection period is, what earnest money is. This is what we mean by closing costs and prorated taxes and walking them through the agreement and what that means. So I think you've got to just have to lean on your, your intuition there on what kind of person they are. And a lot of times, Paul, just ask them, hey, would you like for me to send over the agreement and walk you through it and explain any items and answer any questions that you have? A lot of times they're going to be very quick to just give you an answer, yes or no, you know, and just follow their lead in that regard. Again, go. one of the things I want you guys to take away from this, this whole podcast is, is that when it comes to acquisitions, you are the buyer. Understand that. We are not afraid to get the answer no, okay? Because we're the one that's stroking the check. It's our money that we're giving to them. And so at times, it's just, you got to ask the question, how would you like for me to do this? Would you like for me to explain the contract or would you like me to just send it over and let you analyze it and answer any questions later on? Say it with a level of confidence. Like you're not afraid of them potentially getting the agreement and ghosting you or not signing it or whatever the fears are that we all have, right? Especially when you need the deal, right? That's when we make those grave errors that sellers could kind of see through and, and almost smell the desperation that we have. We all have those moments where it's like, okay, we've come to an agreement on price. We've come to an agreement on all these terms. Now is the moment where I just need him to sign this piece of paper, right? That's where you have to control that sense of desperation the most and just really be calm and realize there's so many other deals out there for you. You're going to do so many other deals. Have that confidence in yourself and in your abilities and your systems and your marketing channels. Patrick, what's up, buddy? Happy New Year to you, man. Patrick says, if you don't believe that you're the buyer, then how is the seller going to believe you can follow through? Amen, brother. Amen. And you know what's funny is someone asked me the other day about the 50-day challenge. They said, RJ, how many deals have you closed? And I said, we're still closing deals from them. We've got multiple deals closing next week that came from that. We've got deals that we're still about to contract from that. Because it takes time. It takes follow-up. You hear it so often. The gold's in the follow-up, follow-up, follow-up. I'm still following up with people. Months and months later, every single day, I'm hitting them. Hey, we ready to do this deal? I had a seller in South Carolina. We came to terms. We came to an agreement. I sent her that contract. Paul, to answer your question, I asked her. Would you like for me to walk you through the agreement? She said, no. I've done plenty of real estate transactions in my life. I don't need you to explain it to me. I'm sure you're just sending over a couple page simple agreement, right? And I said, absolutely. It's only two pages long. Well, then she hit me with, uh, 
I don't want to close until January. Well, this was probably in September or October. So I'm now still following up with her and trying to figure out when we're going to close in January. That's a long time. But I didn't go, I didn't get down. I didn't rely on that closing. I just moved on, kept doing marketing, getting more and more deals. And hopefully with the follow-up, we're eventually going to get to close that deal. So, guys, I, I hope this added value to you. I, I'm, I'll stay on here a little bit longer if anybody's got any questions. But, you know, we're, we're at 36 minutes live. I know it's New Year's Eve. People are probably going to be getting ready. Here in DFW, it's a, it's a rainy, cold, freezing cold day. I'm not sure there's going to be too many people going out and doing anything for New Year's Eve, plus with COVID. Uh, but I just want to come on here and drop at least one more podcast, one more live video for you guys for 2020. And uh, thank each and every one of you. I know I've said this the last couple of episodes, but uh, this has been an incredible year for us. Um, from the, the people that have come into our lives, the support that we felt from you guys, um, really the only things that I ask, a couple of things. If you're watching on YouTube and you like what you've heard today, make sure you subscribe to the channel. That's it. Just subscribe. And then if you're watching or if you're listening on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, remember we only accept five-star reviews. Alberto says, how do you set up walkthroughs for your buyers virtually on an owner slash tenant occupied property? Well, on a virtual deal, um, hopefully you you have somebody that's local that can help with the showings. Um, now, as far as owner occupied, I'm going to treat that a little bit different than tenant occupied. Okay, owner occupied, I'm definitely going to want somebody there that's going to be a representative of Titanium. So I'm going to need somebody that I'm going to compensate one way or another. It's going to say, hi, I'm so-and-so from Titanium Investments. And then a tenant occupied, kind of the same, but for whatever reason, I feel a little bit more open to just, if it's a cash buyer that I know and I respect, and it's someone I'm, I'm willing to build a relationship with, for example, say I get a deal on a contract in Tampa, okay? That's a virtual market for me. I would call Steven Morales. He's my buddy. He's been on the podcast. We're on the Closers Olympics together. And I'd say, hey, Steven, I got a deal. He would say, I might be interested in it or I want a JV on it. I'm okay with sending him out there to look at it and, and just shoot me the pictures and shoot me straight. I have that kind of trust in him. And I think at some point in time, it takes that kind of level of trust just to grow your business virtually and do business with other people. If it's a market that I don't really know anybody and I don't trust like I do Steven, then I'm going to have to find somebody or I'm going to just take, especially on a tenant occupied property, I'm going to hope that I bought deep enough and that the cash flow is strong enough that if we get pictures taken, so say we use something like Velocity REOs, which is a picture service, they would go out, take pictures for us for like $36. We get the pictures. Hopefully the numbers speak for themselves pictures speak for themselves and we can just sell it to a buyer without having to show have showings we have to have showings again i go back to i'm gonna have to find somebody 
that's going to be a representative for my company. Matt says, do you have a real estate attorney here in DFW that you can recommend? Um, Matthew Acock is a, is a good one that I've heard. Um, luckily for us, we haven't run into too many situations that we've had to have a specific real estate attorney, but I've heard great things about Matthew Acock. All right, guys, um, if that's all y'all have for me, it's all I have for you this evening. Um, moving into 2021, just make a couple of announcements before I sign off here. Um, I made a post and it was about the fact that I had a goal of reading 30 books in 2020. And I, I achieved the goal uh, just this past week. And one of the two tools that I used to achieve that goal was a lot of Audible. And then I tracked it using the app Goodreads. And Goodreads um, offers the ability to put what you're reading, what you've read, you can leave reviews, and it offers you recommendations for future books. And they have a challenge every year where on January 1st, you said how many books you want to read for the coming year. And so last year I said 30 books, I achieved it, and I, I shared the books that I read, all the reviews and my stats and things like that. My question to everybody on my, on my Facebook was, what should be my goal for 2021? And some people were saying 52 books, one a week. Some are saying, you know, a small increase to 35. I don't know the total number of books that I'm going to try to read, but the reason why I bring this up was Jeremiah Rosa, and I hope Jeremiah, you're, you're listening to this, uh, had a great recommendation. I'm going to take him up on this. He said, how about you do one every two weeks, so 26 books. I don't know if that's going to be the number, but this is the part that I know I'm going to do. He said, and you could do a live book review on your YouTube channel every other week about the book that you just read. So moving forward into 2021, I'm going to start doing a book review of the books that I'm reading during 2021. I hope that's something everybody enjoys and will get value. I know personally for me and, and for anybody that's listened to multiple episodes of the podcast in 2020, I referenced books that I was reading over and over and over again. Extreme Ownership, The Dichotomy of Leadership, Relentless. Relentless was the book that inspired the 50-day the challenge. Um, Last couple of weeks, I've referenced the dynasty about uh, the New England Patriots and how they've run that organization. And uh, I very much look forward to doing the book reviews and sharing the inspiration that I get from those books. Um, it's very powerful to me. Uh, what I read really inspires me and, and really changes me as a person. And so hopefully I can share that value with you guys and inspire y'all along the way. And a couple of other things, I am going to get some more people on the podcast. Um, I know here in the past 10 episodes, it's been just me talking to you guys. We are going to bring back the interview format a little bit, but it's going to be a little bit of a mixture, not so much just me interviewing. I've really enjoyed just being one-on-one -on -one with you guys and answering all the questions that you have. So, that being said, guys, have a happy new year. Let's make 2021 our best year ever. Thank you so much. See you guys next year. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.